Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is Jenny Wise, and I am joined by phone from Amsterdam, colleague and Forrester VP Principal Analyst, Joanna Cantania. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Jenny. Good to have you on the podcast again. We are spending a lot of time talking about journey maps, you and I, on the CXCast lately. <laughs> and today's topic is going to continue to focus on journey maps because we know that many companies are focused on customer journeys and are building journey maps, but not all of them know how do you measure if those journeys and the improvements that you're making are successful. On today's podcast, we're going to look at the question of how do you measure journey success? We know that this is a key question that people often get and that you recently published a report on this topic with our colleague, Maxi Schmidt. So can you just expand on why you did this research? Yeah, absolutely. So Maxi and I decided to join forces and do this research together, partly because we were receiving a lot of questions from clients about how to measure customer experience and more specifically how to measure journeys. So obviously Maxi is a guru on customer experience measurement mm-hmm. and I do a lot of research about customer journeys and we were both getting similar questions about how do we measure our journeys? How do we know whether they're performing well or not? And so that's why we decided to really speak a little bit deeper into this topic. And in fact, we worked with a number of clients separately and together to help them create a measurement framework for their journey. So this research came from a practical point of view, if you like. We'd already done and workshopped this with a number of clients. And so then we decided to do even more research about the topic because we know that it's an important one. And in doing so, we realized that while many customer experience professionals had succeeded in focusing their companies on customer journeys, they often didn't know how well each journey performed. They didn't know whether those journeys were delivering value to customers, whether they were meeting both short and long-term goals, whether they were helping to improve the employee experience, which we've talked about in another episode, whether they were focusing on the right moments in the journey and measuring the right moments in the journey. So there was a lot of room for improvement in terms of thinking about how do we measure these customer journeys. I imagine when you're saying that question might also improve the journeys that they're looking at. And I say that because often when we talk to companies, they have some customer journey, but it tends to be very focused on a slice of the experience, right? Or on a company-based objective or goal. We want someone to buy this. Someone's going to call in in this ideal scenario and we'll see how it goes. So if they've created these journeys and they think they know what success is for them and it's going to be something like sales, right, or call center volume or success, what was missing in that? Why did they need sort of additional journeys or additional success metrics? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of challenges here. For instance, we found that many firms were, as you just alluded to now, measuring journeys inside out. So focusing on their own processes and goals. So, for instance, asking, did the customer buy a new pair of running shoes, Mm -hmm. right? Or did they complete this process online without calling us? And why are they doing that? Because, of course, you know, measuring a company process or goal is easier for employees. And companies struggle to take the perspective of the customer sometimes. So part of the problem was a lot of companies were taking too limited a view or the wrong view on what is this actual journey? How do we define this journey, right? So that we can understand what value customers are looking for and then measure that and make sure that we're delivering on the right things from the customer's perspective. 
We also saw that many firms were making mistaken assumptions about which moments mattered to actually measure. So let me give you an example because it's easier to illustrate that way. So there was a contact center team of a telecommunications company that had for years focused on reducing the time spent navigating the IVR. Mm-hmm. And it assumed that by increasing the IVR time caused negative emotions for customers. But when they actually combined survey results with sentiment scores and looked at the actual journey from customers' perspective across channels, they realized customers weren't actually frustrated by the IVR time. What frustrated them was that after spending time in the IVR, they weren't rooted to the right agent instantly. Right, mm-hmm. so there was a broader perspective that they needed to take across a cross-channel journey in order to understand what was really frustrating customers. So, mistaken assumptions about the moments that matter most is a common problem that we see as well. Or we see firms trying to optimize for keeping customers in one channel, like a website, when sometimes customers want to change channels because a different channel is better for certain steps. So there's an element of measuring the right things, but also sometimes over-focusing on things that are not actually at the crux of the matter, if you like, or not really what's going to deliver the best customer experience or differentiation or higher revenue. So I'm wondering, thinking about it, and I love that example about the IVR that you just mentioned, right? You think that there's this one signal, which is your success signal, right? Both either internally, if it is sort of offloading work and reducing call center time, or externally, if it's what makes your clients happy right? And improves the customer experience. But you might be wrong, right? And those aren't the right moments. So I'm thinking of the chicken and the egg here in that that scenario or in some other scenarios that you can speak to. What comes first? Is it looking at what you think that current customer journey is and what your metrics are and seeing if there are other metrics, right? So you begin to measure other signals and see if that needs to somehow then adjust the journey and where you're placing the emphasis. Or is it a matter of looking at the journey first and saying like, hey, are we missing something here, right? Might there be other components that we need to think about and other steps in the journey that we haven't accounted for and then beginning to measure those? Yeah, I'm sure that's there a isn't a simple, a simple right or wrong answer, but I'd love to hear your take. Yeah. The reason that there isn't a simple right or wrong answer is also because one of the main findings of this research is that companies take very different approaches to journey Mm -hmm. measurement. And it depends on how able they are to connect data along the journey. So we see companies approaching journey measurements from a more manual, top-down point of view, right? They've mapped the journey, they've created a journey hypothesis, and then they look at what data do we have that validates whether this is actually how the journey is taking place and how can we start to use maybe more metrics or different metrics to make sure that we're measuring the right things. And then we're starting to uncover maybe gaps in the journey and we're starting to test that hypothesis by starting with what we have using the existing metrics that we have and then building from there. Other companies are taking much more of a, of a bottom-up approach and that they have tools in place, for instance, that allow them to actually connect disparate types of data along the customer journey. And they're using that data to basically tell the story, to basically tell them who is the customer going through this journey. Let's visualize that data as a journey and let's see which touch points are they using, which channels are they using, how often are they switching channels, when are they dropping off that journey. So they are able to connect the data and therefore, if you like, visualize what those different permutations of the journey also are. And then they can do more sophisticated modeling and testing of which metrics are the right metrics, which signals are the strongest signals to go back to our example about the IVR. 
So there's different ways of going about journey measurement, which is in a way good news because it means that any firm can measure journey performance. And many firms start more top down, starting with a journey map, the existing measurements they have, and then sometimes progress to a much more connected way of looking at that data and being able to uncover more metrics, if you like, or uncover more rapidly what the strongest signals are in those journeys, for instance. Right. I can see that. And I like that there's both a sort of top-down or bottom-up option, which will probably vary depending on what that specific company has access to, which I think is something interesting here too, because often companies will say, right, they've come up with a journey, but we don't really know how to measure it, right? Or we don't have a VOC program, or we don't have a journey analytics vendor in place. So what do you say to those companies about the data that has to be used in this process, right? It sounds like it's very reliant on data, whether it is proactively going out to get the new data to help augment the thinking and measure the key signals, or if it is using existing data to be able to create the story and identify where to focus. What about those companies who say, well, we don't have the data? Is there a place to start? Absolutely. There is also a place to start for those companies. So one of the things that you need to do is to determine your journey measurement approach based on the availability of connected data. So that's, in fact, the first step that we suggest. It's really important. So kind of identifying what kind of company are you, at least at this point in time, right? Are you the top-down approach company or are you able to take sort of what we would call a bi-directional approach, right? You have enough connected data and you can start to, you know, discover, uh, use additional approaches to uncover correlations and identify new patterns. So first, you need to choose your measurement approach based on the availability of connected data that you have. In either scenario, it can become quite overwhelming, you know, because as you mentioned, we're talking about potentially lots of journeys, lots of different types of data. So it's really important to then select one or two priority journeys to measure, right? So if your approach is top-down, then you pick a journey based on impact or the support that you have to change that journey, right? The same way that you would prioritize which journey to map, you would do the same thing based on which journey to start measuring. So you prioritize a journey and then you would look at that journey and look at what data do you have that supports that underpins that journey. And then also look at based on that journey and how we think that journey is taking place, what do we think at different steps in the journey we would need to measure? And then it may be that you have a survey you're sending out at the end of the journey so that you can measure the success of that journey at the end of the journey. And maybe you have a couple of metrics at steps in the journey that you can start to measure, right? Some of those signals along the journey. Maybe it's something that you can pull from your website, or maybe it's some data that you can pull from your call center data, for instance. So you might not be able to map every single metric to every single step in the journey, but that's also not necessary. What you want to do is to measure moments that you think matter and start using existing data that you have and piecing that together, initially maybe in a more manual way, but it can still help you to measure that journey and to start managing it in a way that is much more effective because you can start to measure the value that you're delivering through that journey. Right. I love that advice too, because it's saying you, know, you don't have to measure everything and that there yeah. isn't some huge insurmountable hurdle to get started, right? See what you have identify those signals that matter, and then focus on how you can measure those so that you can see how things are working. And you also touched on quite a few steps, which brings me back to the yeah. framework that was created, which I think very nicely lays out these steps. So maybe just for you know ease of consumption and for everyone who's listening here, could we just list off sort of what those steps are? 
Absolutely. So it is a framework, right, that we've created that quantifies journey performance. And the basic premise is that we're trying to define what the end of journey success metrics are. So what does success look like for this particular journey? And then adding in journey signals that are going to predict that journey success. So we can actually start to more actively manage those and drive towards successful journeys, which I'm sure many people want to achieve. But there's five steps that you would take to build a journey measurement framework. So you would start, as I mentioned, by choosing your journey measurement approach based on the availability of connected data. So where are you on that spectrum of availability of connected data? You would select one or two priority journeys to measure and start with those. And then you would start by defining what the end of journey metrics are for that particular journey. So what does success look like from the customer's perspective? But maybe there's also an operational efficiency metric that you want to track or a financial success metric you want to track from a business point of view. So there's metrics from a customer and a business point of view that would allow you to say, okay, we've been successful in this journey. The fourth step is to then look at, okay, let's look at the actual steps, the moments that matter in this journey. So not an exhaustive, let's measure every single step in the journey but what are the moments that matter in this journey? And what are some signals that would tell me whether I'm actually going to achieve that end of journey success, right? So it could be somebody's downloaded a form, somebody's read an email, somebody's engaged with, you know, something we've sent them, right? There's signals along the way that we want to use that are going to indicate whether somebody's going to succeed or whether maybe they're struggling in that journey, which gives us an opportunity to proactively intervene and help them along that journey. So that fourth step is about defining those in-journey signals, the most significant ones in the journey. And then finally, the fifth step is to determine how you're going to calculate the overall performance of that journey. And that's a combination of end-of-journey success and in-journey signals that are telling you whether that journey is healthy or not, right? Because you could have instances where you're actually achieving the end-of-journey success metric. But there are signals along the journey that are telling you that there's some issues with that journey, right? There's some struggle there that may be increasing that would point to the fact that maybe the health of the journey is not where you would want it to be. Or there's a change in expectation that means that journey needs to happen faster, for instance, right? So there's then sort of a process that you would go through to determine the actual journey performance score, the overall performance of that journey based on that combination of end of journey success metrics and in journey signals. Great. There, that is easy. Everyone can go off and do this now. Just a few, few small steps to follow. Exactly. I do just want to quickly sort of touch on one more point that I think is important when we talk about these metrics. And that is defining the right metrics. And we talked about that and you've shared a lot of great examples about identifying, right, what are actually the important signals and what did that customer actually care about? But I think a lot of companies often get trapped in measuring transactional metrics. So this call happened or this person said this direct thing or this person ended up purchasing, right? And a lot of these are interaction and then company-driven metrics. But companies do have to be sure that they don't forget about the customer metrics, right? And this ties a little bit into some of the work that I know Maxie's been focusing on in her research, which is what does the customer value in the experience and making sure that you're measuring that they're getting that positive experience for themselves, right? So maybe it it isn't that you were able to get through the IVR and they answered your question. It was that you actually got to talk to a human because this was an emotional moment and you were able to get that sort of positive experiential value. Value, right? Because the you felt supported and heard in that moment on that phone call. So I'm just curious to see if there's sort of anything to tie on to that, which is that when thinking of these metrics, there's that company perspective, but it's also making sure you measure those customer metrics and based on what they care about at that moment. 
Absolutely. So there's a couple of things I think that are important here. So when we talk about journey success, mm-hmm. we talk about journey success, acquiring, considering both the customer and the company perspective. And the customer perspective includes functional value, right? So maybe more transactional, as you mentioned, but it also looks at economic value for the customer, right? Things like, was the money gained or earned? Did they see that economic value, but also experiential value, right? The interactions and sensations were pleasant, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So there's more of an emotional component there and a symbolic value even, right? It could be linked to their values, the meaning in relation to self or others that is created by that journey. So we take a pretty broad view of what does value mean for the customer when it comes to actually measuring the success of the overall journey. But also when you're looking at the signals in the journey, so if you look at a mortgage journey, for instance, you might want to look at things like the number of customers who abandon forms or who complete forms, for instance, right? More of a transactional thing. But you also want to be measuring things like the ease of setting up their first payment, right? More of a perception metric, right? Did I find that easy? Or even the percentage of customers that gave positive or negative feedback about how the bank explained the options as I was signing up for that mortgage. So we're definitely very much recommending that there's a balance between those descriptive perception uh, metrics, more emotional metrics, and that those are included as well so that we can get a much more complete understanding, right, and not just transactional or functional understanding of that journey. And that's an important component and part of the whole framework. Right. And I love that. It just really places the emphasis on how this effort and this framework helps to make things more sort of outside in to incorporate that whole perspective and what success looks like both for company and customer too. Well, exactly. thank you, Jonna, for walking us through that. I know this was a big framework, but I think it's, <laughs> it's so valuable and helpful for people to hear and also to you know hear the message that anyone can do this, right? It sounds very overwhelming and there's a lot of mentions of data and metrics to define, but companies can just start looking at what it is that they have, right? Focusing on some customer journeys, so reimagining what those signals are that actually matter and cause success, and then really begin to to take it from there. So I think that's something that all companies can begin to do. And hopefully that's a key message that everyone listening can take away from this. So thank you for the time and walking us through that. Listeners, I will post in the show notes some links to this report that we've been talking about, which is the Journey Measurement Framework, Assess and Predict Journey Performance. And that's all I got. Thank you, Joanna, for walking us through that. Hope you found it valuable, listeners, and talk to you next week. 